everyone. Welcome to Ties That Bind, a podcast where we talk about real family matters in your marriage, family life, or divorce. We're glad you're here with us. My name is Steve Robin, and I'm joined today by my colleagues and friends, Jamie Sabatini, Liz Devine Houston, and Dr. Mark Lund. Hi, Steve. So imagine being on the same page as your spouse and children, growing closer every day. What would that mean to you? Thousands of couples and families can't seem to figure it out. And the secret is knowing your love languages. A human's need to feel loved is a primary emotional need. And the five love languages are key to really understanding how to connect with your partner. So the five love languages uh, is a book written by Gary Chapman. And the five are words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. You know, it's amazing. If we think about it, if we want to communicate with someone else, we make sure we're speaking the same language. We make sure that we're getting our point across. If we were to be talking to someone who only spoke Russian and we speak English, the fact is that we would have a hard time understanding and expressing our thoughts. The same thing is the way it happens between human beings when they're trying to express love to each other. We like to have love shown to us in a certain way and therefore we typically like to express it in the same way even though that's not the way people always want to sort of hear it themselves. Yeah, so if, for instance, so we can give you guys a better understanding of, of what these are. For instance, uh, my top two love languages are quality time and physical touch. So I feel my love tank, which is the term Gary Chapman used, and I think we all love that. Mm -hmm. um, I fill my love tank by people spending quality time with me or by getting hugged by somebody or holding hands or even just a, a touch on the back or the arm is for me a way that I fill my tank and I feel important. That's so awesome that you're aware of that. So this way you know what you need and also you know how to give as well. And I, I assimilate this to, um, you know, if we think about relationships from the beginning, you know, if we think about kids from the beginning, we think about um, intimate relationships from the beginning, there's that space of newness, right? And that space of, of um, appealing to each other's um, beautiful side, right? Like, and appealing to the things that the other person likes and wanting to please them and having a great deal of empathy. And somehow along the way, things transition and they change and we start seeing the other side of people, right? And we start losing touch a little bit with what we began to, began to understand was their love language. And it's easy for all of us, and whether it's, again, marriage or, or relationships or families, to um, start to go down that path and forget. And this, this opportunity here is to remind us. It's not even something new that we're, you know, that we're, we're talking about today, right? Like, this is sort of a reminder of who we are mm -hmm. and what we need at the root. And knowing that and knowing, you know, it all starts with awareness. Then choice comes after that. So if we know, and then we, other people around us know, my gosh, what a beautiful gift to now engage or re-engage, right, in, in a new way, or even the way you used to engage, right? And that's really important because when we were first starting uh, dating in those intimate, those close relationships, what do we do? We want to spend that time, so we're getting quality time. We, we, we want to hug, we want to hold, we want to do those things. So that is being expressed. We're, we're always there, like, oh, let me wash your car, let me do the dishes tonight. Those acts of service, 
all those things are being used and in a sense we're experimenting. We're trying to find out without even understanding what they were, we're trying to find out exactly how to communicate our intent, our passion to that other person that we're interested in. So we do it automatically. The problem is that we then get a little bit lazy in a relationship. It's all good, it's all there. And I think one of the questions, um, Steve, might be of how we actually go ahead and try to discover the person's love language again, or that person, you know, or that child, how we start to figure out what they are so that we can use the translator and we can talk to them in their own language. It's interesting how Gary Chapman, after years and years of therapy, decided to put five love languages and just actually define what the five love languages are. And we typically try to ask people questions, whether they're friends of ours or people that we're in relationships with, just to get to know more about them. But he's actually put them into five buckets. And, you know, I tested words of affirmation are very, very important to me. I actually got 33% on that. And there's a test um, that Gary has, I think, on his website where you can give that to your, to, uh, to, to your significant other or to friends or anybody who, who might want to take it. And uh, Gary you know, defines these as, you know, these five different buckets. And, you know, for me, for example, the, the, the whole idea of receiving gifts was a zero. Uh, that doesn't work for me. Uh, my gift is really words of affirmation. And if you're playing with somebody and you're not connecting, you know, use the, the, the love languages that Gary defines because it's probably contained in one of those five. Well, in a lot of relationships, well, first of all, Steve, you're just amazing. I want to point, point oh, that out right I, now. I just, point out, <laughs> I just want to point out that Steve is a cheap date. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. No cheap gifts. date and amazing. Um, so what I wanted to point out was that with the love languages, we, we tend to... Um, we tend to focus so much on what we need rather than what our other, what our partner needs. And a lot of relationships get into a lot of conflict because they're not, they're so busy trying to give the other person their own love language and not understanding that that may not be the person's love language that they need. For instance, in my marriage, my husband's number one love language is acts of service. So he feels loved if somebody does the dishes or takes out the garbage or does laundry or brings him a cup of coffee. Uh, not me. I just, I want a hug or, or uh, like you, um, well, you know, your affirmation, aren't you quality time second? Too, yep. Yeah, and, and quality time. So if, if your partner is constantly trying to give you their own love language and it's not yours, that can make you feel insignificant, unloved, unworthy. Yeah, it's funny. There was an example in the book that Gary Chapman called out about how a, a man was his wife was working late, and the man was vacuuming and making dinner for her. And every time he came home, there would, he heard the sound of the vacuum, and he heard, you know, he, he felt, you know, things smelled good, but that didn't quite work for him. He really wanted to spend more quality time with her. And, um, you know, uh, all of the vacuuming and all of the, uh, all of the other things that he was doing was just not working quite as he hoped it would. You know, it goes back to, again, that, that language. Uh, you know, there's the caricature of the, quote, ugly American where we're trying to talk to someone who doesn't speak English. And what do we do? We, we go fast, we go louder, we scream, hoping to get it across, but it doesn't get across because there's a barrier there. We don't need to yell. We don't need to, to, to talk fast. We don't need to repeat ourselves. All we need to do is stop and listen, ask the question, what is this person's love language? How do they receive love? And once you know that, you can speak softly and you can really get your message across. Right, and that person knows clearly that they're being heard, and when they're being heard, they're gonna be more apt to 
to give and be open to anything that the other person is you know may want to suggest mm-hmm. yeah definitely so um we put a lot of great stuff out here and i'm sure there's a lot of listeners that are saying yes 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 to, to a lot of things that we're saying uh and at the same time i'm wondering if if there are some listeners that are just feeling like maybe they're just too far gone in their relationship now whether it's with their children or with their spouse and might be might be thinking oh this isn't for me or my gosh like how like where would i even start so i'm i'm wondering you know from our experience here in this group you know if if, if we were working with someone who was feeling overwhelmed like that or kind of um down you know where might we suggest that they start in this process i think the first thing to remember is it's never too late to reinvigorate to reimagine your relationship the question is just whether or not you're dedicated to doing it. And even if it truly is too far gone, the love language is in a sense, it's not just for those intimate relationships. It's not just for the family relationships. In a sense, it's for those friend relationships. And with some slight different twists, it's actually for our business relationships. Connecting to other human beings is always possible. So even if that relationship was too far gone, you committed, you tried, it didn't work, and you go to divorce. Just being able to let someone know that they're an important person, they're the mother or father of your children, they were part of your life, and be able to have some sort of an amicable relationship by reducing the wall, that's an important thing, and that can still be done by understanding how to communicate that someone's important to us. There's also, uh, if you're in a relationship where you feel that your love language isn't being met, uh, and you're really concerned that your marriage is, is going to fall apart, you don't have to have both people working on the love languages. One person can be actively working on it to really, it's sort of like, um, you know, the more you give, the more you receive. So if you can recognize your partner's love language and, and figure it out without them taking the quiz, which by the way, online, I think it takes five to seven minutes. It's really quick. Uh, but if you could figure out what their love language is and you just devote your time giving them their language and over time they're going to start to recognize it and give back but if they don't then obviously maybe the relationship isn't meant to be but for one that's just not understanding and not connecting because they don't understand the language if one person focuses on it inevitably the other person's going to start to see that and doors are going to start to open right and it's back to you know filling someone's tank if someone's tank Mm -hmm. is filled then they're in a position to feel good about themselves feel hopeful feel bright about the future feel bright about good about the person they're with and they're going to be an easier person to work with themselves this this um this reminds me of uh, the the training that we've all gone through with um energy leadership Mm -hmm. and uh something that was predominant for me is that you know the the most the highest or most charged energy will be the one that prevails right and you know certainly it could be the one that's the person that's yelling right but it also could be the person that's loving Mm -hmm. um so there it's an amazing experiment that if you if you try that, that energy that's the strongest will will always prevail, um, and there's a lot of hope in that, and there's a lot of uh, faith and trust in that. I mm-hmm. think in in relationships. Yeah, well said. Right. Well, and you know, and and love is a choice. You have to if you want to improve your relationship, you have to approach it with love, and. We all have choices that we make every day in life. And I think sometimes, as we were talking about, you were talking about in the beginning, Jamie, sometimes people, you know, you get out of that love bubble, life goes on, you have your kids, you're paying your mortgage, you've got all the stressors that keep adding and adding and adding, and you forget to focus on your partner. And 
once you understand your partner's love languages, it's so easy. To, it doesn't even take that much time. Just, you know, if your partner is, uh, for instance, um, one who likes acts of service, like I was saying mine does, making coffee in the morning before I leave for work. When he gets up, there's coffee made. That is a love language. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take much for that person to feel like their, their tank is filled. So we really want to make it clear to everybody that this is not a really challenging thing. Again, love is a choice, but it doesn't have to be difficult. That's awesome. It doesn't have to be a battle. It doesn't have to be expressing your will. It can just mean loving somebody and let them be who they are and let them know that you care about them. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously quality time is quality time, but it's really the, it's the depth of that quality in a sense. It doesn't have to be costly. Giving a gift doesn't mean going out and buying a gold Rolex. What it means is is going ahead, a small little card. It's a gift. Doing something. Well, making coffee like like Liz did for her husband is a gift. That's it, a gift that starts that starts the day the way the way he loves to have it started. Exactly. So it doesn't have to be big time commitment. It doesn't have to be a big expense. It's a matter of just being thoughtful. You know, when we look at our kids, you know, a nice easy way of trying to understand what someone's love language is, in a sense, is you ask your children. You say. You know, when, 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 you know, how do you know grandma loves you? Oh, well, grandma, you know, brings me brownies or, you know, grandma, you know, um, gives me good hugs. You know, how do you know that grandpa loves you? Oh, he takes me to the ball game, quality time. You know, whatever it happens to be, you can, you can ask a child because they'll tell you immediately. And in a sense, if you start to think about how you would ask a child, you know, how you would, you know, um, have a discussion with yourself, if not with your partner, you know, what are they really looking for? This reminds me of, um, so in my house, I had my kids take, I have three teenagers and I had them take the five love languages quiz online. And, uh, my husband's always grabbing my daughter and trying to hug her and hug her and she doesn't like it. And well, I, we realized from her love languages that that's like number three, physical touch is number three on our list. It's low in the percentages. And so for somebody like that, it doesn't mean that you can't hug them, but it means you need to ask. Is it okay if I hug you? Make it an invitation rather than, you know, uh, just grabbing somebody. If somebody just hugged me, I wouldn't mind because I'm way up top there with physical touch. But if a person isn't, and it was so eye-opening for me, I looked at, you know, my husband and said, that's why she does that. She she doesn't like being grabbed. You have to ask her. But, but she also appreciates the fact that that's important to him. And even though she doesn't like it, she really appreciates that he's doing his best. And that's a, a point of connection that she's aware of in the back of her mind that will that she'll she'll never forget i think and that's really critical if you think about it because again if one person's love language is different than yours you're going to go out of your way to make sure that that you're speaking their language the reciprocal has to be the case too right so you give love to get love in a sense because love is just it's not divisible it just is if you have one child, you love them 100%. You don't love your second child only 50 and the first one dropped out of 50. It's just, it's one of those amazing things. So when you love someone, you get it back. That person then wants to, and there's some interesting biology to this too, but the person wants to reflect that back. They want to mirror that back to you. And they want to get that response from you of you know seeing you happy. That's one of the reasons that if you ask her, she will give because she knows it's important because you've now asked. So even though it's not all that meaningful to her, she wants to mirror that back. She there's a part of her mind that actually wants to, um, you know, mirror those things back. That's why you see someone smile as you walk down the street. You smile back. Mm -hmm. It's just it's there. It's mm -hmm. part of us. This brings to mind um, an example of of a couple that I was working with, and actually addresses a maybe some 
trepidation that people might be feeling around the transition of, of moving from the way they normally operate into this this different space and fears that might come up around it. So I was um, working with a couple and the husband was doing the dishes and the vacuuming and it just, the, he thought this was it, this is the hole in one, that he was, this is gonna be great for his wife, right? And it just wasn't happening, like not making the mark. And she was still frustrated with him and he still could feel the resistance. And what it turned out is that her love language was um, physical touch, right? So, uh, you know, you, you, it, the transition, right? Going from washing the dishes to physical touch with some maybe some anger in between doesn't exactly go too well, right? So what he decided to do is that um, he decided to bring some humor into it. And he, when she was around or he was around, or they were together, I should say, he would just go up beside her and just stand next to her and connect his hip to her hip and put his arm around her. And he would be like very, very, um, standing up very straight and like a board, right? And he would do that. And at first she was unsure, like, okay, what? <laughs> what's happening right now? Because it was unusual. It's not something he had done before, right? And it was something she was really yearning. It was like, is this really happening, right? So, but he was stiff as a board and he put his arm around her and she looked at him and he looked at her and they, they laughed, they chuckled, right? And she knew right away what he was doing and he knew what he was doing and they laughed and now it's been, it broke the ice, right? And now it's been um, kind of a joke between the two of them. So it's brought a little humor into their relationship. And now he does that from time to time. In fact, he does that to the other children, like the children in the house. And well, the children don't know the joke, right? But he's now doing that. So it brought awareness to him like, okay, wait, there's other ways, right? Mm -hmm. Of communicating with, with, with everybody. Um, so I just share that story as, as a way, right? Of breaking the ice, getting going, seeing what happens. And um, just something that worked well for another couple. That's that's great, I, and you know, I, so there are some things that you know um, we talk about in, um, in in coaching. One is with one of which rather is is disruption. We have a cycle of things that just aren't going right, and you break the cycle softly, and that's really what that client did is just to break that cycle. Um, the other is to reframe it, is to say, okay, you know, we're we're in this. How do we how do we look at this slightly differently? And um, in a sense. He kind of did that as well. Um, so all of a sudden, there's a different view. It's a fun view, and um, there's a little humor in it. And the cycle is broken of this anger into the physical touch, which doesn't work, as you said. So that was absolute genius, and, and sort of understanding how you can put the key in, unlock the door, and then walk through into what you desire using these love languages. And what you need to do to sometimes get into the room of those love languages is really important. And when you figure it out, it's like this incredible aha moment because again, it's something simple like the story you told, Jamie. It's not that it's not that hard to sidle up to your partner and you know put your arm around them when they're doing dishes. Yeah, even if it's awkward, at least he knows that you care. Exactly. He knows. Exactly. Yeah. So, but it's such a simple thing, and if we can just all look at it like that. So the reason we wanted to bring this to you is, it's such an incredible way to communicate with your partner, with your friends, with your children, with your family. If you can just have some awareness around. Okay, these are this is what makes me feel good. These are my top two or top three, five love languages, but they might not be the love languages of the people around me. How can I start to help fill their tank? 
So yeah, and and the and you, you use the word awareness. Awareness opens the door for paths for people to you know to to be in a better place. So it's you know if people become more aware and they really have an intention that they put out there to make things work, um, great things can happen. And this is the the genesis of that. Absolutely. So your life is important. We are bringing you topics that matter because you matter. So thank you so much for joining us today. You can reach us at tiesthatbindpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, goodbye now. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.